Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. On your lawn. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Hour two of the Chuck Oliver Show on the Thursday. Appreciate everybody coming here for your house football talk. Two hours a day. Been doing it since the beginning of the 14th season, and it's groovy and awesome. So thank y'all. TheMessenger.com. You can find a lot of information there on a variety of topics. A lot of spokes off the hub. Sports, certainly one of them. Uh, college football, even. Uh, from there, and also the shutdown forecast pod. It is Ryan Nanny. Ryan, welcome to Chuck Oliver Show. How you doing, friend? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, nothing but good. Interesting article. Um, and there's other stuff we're going to talk about, but I wanted to start. Uh, you had an interesting piece, the Messenger Sports. 20 worst coaching hires in college football since 2000. Um, we are literally sitting on the sidelines watching this carousel spin while we speak. Um Talk about the list you put together and the fact that I'm assuming the rankings just, I mean, there were plenty of choices. You probably had enough candidates, no issues, right? Oh, it was uh, probably the hardest part of making the list was figuring out who to cut off. And there's a number of dudes who were on the list at one point. And I said, oh, but I got to get this guy on. And, you know, that will surprise nobody who follows this sport. There have been a lot of bad coaching hires in the last 20-plus years, as it turns out. If we look at the top of the list, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Chad Morris, and Mm -hmm. he, I don't know, actually was there for a little bit of a second. He got 22 games. Um, If you look at the top with Chad Morris, Ellis Johnson, Scott Frost, they all had very unusual exits, whether it was the suddenness of it or in the case of Scott Frost, that it was an alma mater saying, look, we want you out of here right here, right now. We're not even going to wait a week and a half to save a million whatever dollars. Um, Just talk about the different environment now, because you, you span the last 23, 24 years, the different environment now to jettison a guy versus some of these guys earlier in the OOs who got a chance to maybe stretch their legs. Yeah, so so Ellis Johnson, for example, in that 2012 season, it was I remember it was incredibly unusual that he got canned after one year. And I think that just sort of spoke to, like, how, how broken things were there. If I remember correctly, I think the athletic director at Southern Miss hired Ellis Johnson, and then a couple weeks later it was like, well, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yep. So uh, that, that I'm sure contributed to it. But, yeah, it feels like whereas before in that early 2000s period, if you got, if you got hired somewhere, unless something really wrong happened, you were probably going to get three years, maybe four, without, without too much question. And now it feels like if you don't have things really moving in the right direction by the start of year three, you're probably not going to make it through the end of year three. If we look at Ed Ogeron, for instance, because he's on your list, um, mm-hmm. and he's at number 14, for instance, um, I now I want to say, personally, I am very fond of Ed Ogeron, um, and for all whatever reasons, it don't matter. But So that's, that's personally. Professionally, 
I don't know how much better he was at Ole Miss than necess- excuse me at LSU than necessarily at USC uh, or Ole Miss, other than the absence of sort of the immature behavior. Um, but as far as the X's and O's and coaching and all that, I think what he learned more than anything was to stay out of the way. I, and that's probably right, and I suspect he also learned the the value of being able to get the staff that you want. And I think by the time he got to LSU and he had, you know, moving up through the interim job there, uh, there is a lot of this that really comes down to, and I think, you know, we're seeing this a little bit at Alabama. We're probably going to see it at Michigan. This is much about who else are you getting to bring with you as as it is who's getting who's the main guy at the top because we've seen a lot of coaches come through who seemed like they were the solution but if they can't get the coordinators they want or they can't get the money to get them to stick yep. around it kind of doesn't matter as much couple more minutes hanging out talking uh with i'm just honestly some of the most intriguing reading you'll read now so now this is the off season uh some of the most intriguing reading you will find about college football coaching since 2000 ryan nanny again from the messenger uh if you look a little further down the list some of the names get interesting i want to stay in the sec jeremy pruitt mm-hmm. um yeah. it is in the moment can you remember what you were thinking about Jeremy Pruitt maybe i guess following the the bowl game versus indiana versus just the i mean the velocity and the depth with which he and that program fell to almost uh, immediately yeah i mean it it seems like it really seems like for once in a long time Tennessee fans on the internet were right because they had made you know this this is the hire that they painted the rock was going to be Right. It was originally going to be Mike Leach, but then the school decided, no, we don't want Mike Leach. And then it was going to be Greg Schiano, and then Tennessee Internet decided, no, we definitely don't want Greg Schiano. And then they got through it. And for a little bit there, it was like, okay, this was the move. And then it just, like, it fell apart so hard and so quickly. And to me, what really makes it stand out, because you could pick out a number of Tennessee coaches and put them on the list, but the fact that you get slapped with this multi-year show cause. You, uh, your school is left paying. I think it was a six or eight million dollar fine to the NCAA. And for what? Like I always and listen. I'm a Florida fan, and they're under investigation right now for a quarterback that didn't even commit to their school. I, I think that the funniest thing in the world is when a school gets hammered by the NCAA and doesn't even have anything to take down over again. Yeah. Like if you're if you're gonna cheat, you better win something in the first place. And and to vacate a handful of wins is just like, ah, boy, something oh. went wrong there bad. Yeah, Ryan, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, take some pride in your work. I said that whole thing with Butch Davis at North Carolina back in the day. <laughs> yes, I was like, you yes, got a Pro Bowl yes. defense, one through eleven, at least win before you get whacked. Yeah. Um right, right. Brian Harson. All right. Finding a better mousetrap, a new way to approach it, a different right answer. I'm in favor of all that. That was never, ever going to work. No. no. Now, why did a grown professional experienced athletic director in the SEC not recognize that? And why didn't Brian Harson not recognize that? Um, You know, for for Harson, I'm going to guess that this was a case of his agent coming to him and saying, look, 
these jobs don't come along all that often, and they certainly don't always pull from the G5 level all that often. Like, you can't you, – you're out of Boise. You can't assume, oh, I'll just stick around and another job of this caliber – uh, is is going to pop up next year. It just it, we've seen a lot of coaches who try to be picky and got stuck somewhere and just never never got to get the call up somewhere ever again. As far as the athletic director, if I remember that one correctly, that was an Alan Green hire. Yeah. But he was he was like persona non grata within that athletic department. He was on the way out as well. He he ended up leaving uh, before Harson got fired. And so that, this is one I had a lot of trouble with because it was a bad choice. And I think everybody involved really didn't like it almost from day one. But this is one where it's really hard to separate how much of that was Brian Harson failed, which he did, and how much of it was Auburn was internally a mess in the decision to hire Harson, in the decision to investigate him after his first year and then conclude nothing had happened. Like, oh, damage done. Yeah, yeah. When he came back for that second year, I can't remember a coach who felt more pre fired than that. It was like, unless he rips off the most miraculous season you've ever seen, he's done. And he was. All right. I want to wrap up and I want to talk about say just it, it, this next one. It blows my mind how colossally bad it got um, at Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins is a guy that. It really should have worked, um, I think. As D.C. at Mississippi State in Florida, you liked mm-hmm. it. He went to Temple and took over a transitioning program and had some, some success there. It really should have worked. It didn't come close to working. Even against, like, questionable programs, it didn't work on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. They, they That was a team that, by the end, the thing that sticks out was they had so many problems just getting um, blocking set for extra points and field goals, just stuff that, like, is so fundamental that if you can't get that right, it sort of, I think it serves as a little bit of a symptom of, like, you, you have some some rot or some disorganization or just some problems that you have to get right. And, you know, the other thing I tried to look at with a lot of these on list is sort of like, well, what did the guy before him do and what did the guy after him do? And I think if he had come in and really struggled or, or, you know, really not been able to get any movement going. Maybe Jeff Collins doesn't make this list. Uh, Al Skolish at USF is another example of a guy who's come in and, like, immediately improved mm-hmm. on what Jeff Scott was doing. And that, to me, is always the telltale sign. It's like, if you can bring in somebody new, and within a year and a half, you look like a different football team, you look more competitive, you look more exciting, you're able to, like, punch above your weight class, that shows me the last guy was just not it. Do you think, now, for wildly different reasons, um, Mm -hmm. Jeff Collins, Jeremy Pruitt, Brian Harson, who's the head coach next among those three? Oh, gosh. Um... I don't think it'll be Pruitt no. because the NCAA stuff Six is going to be too toxic. Yeah, yeah. And and also I think I'll, I'll, there's too much shine sort of off the save and assistant thing. I think Harson has an interesting pathway if it's back in the Mountain West. I think he did good work there. I think, yeah. he, you know, he's obviously got connections there. Um, that feels like the most likely because it's 
one where you can see a program, I don't know, a Colorado State or somebody like that sort of saying, like, look, we don't have a ton of money to throw you, but we know you have Auburn money already, so if you want back in, here's the spot. I think Collins Collins feels like he's going to stick around the sport, but it's going to be what he's doing now, just sort of like sticking in the coordinator role. And yeah. I think that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't feel like head coaching is going to come calling for him, at least for a while. Yeah, three wildly different reasons why. Uh, all right, I appreciate your time, friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, yeah, Brian Harson, um, he can just sit out and then step into, I say, to be head coach. And of those three, I mean, you quickly could eliminate Jeremy Pruitt. He's got a six-year show cause. Um, Jeremy Pruitt has the show cause. He wants to get into coaching first. And at his age, he can still be a head coach. In fact, I'm going to tell you, Jeremy Pruitt will be a head coach somewhere at some point. How mummy was it? Bellhaven, and then maybe New Mexico State at one point, and like how mummy came all the way back. Not at high-profile programs, but how Mummy got to be a head coach again? Yeah, he was Southeast Louisiana too for a and, while there, and he had all kind of stink on him. So, Jeremy Pruitt will be a head coach again. It's going to take him a minute, and it may be at, I think it was called Bellhaven, is where Hal Momi at one of his spots was. Um, Brian Harson can sit out and just wait for the 15th and 30th. Because for a while, I don't know if he has to look for a job or not. Like Gene Chizik, maybe there were jobs on the golf course. But Gene Chizik was required to seek employment, and if not, then Auburn had to pay him. I don't think Brian Harson got to do a dang thing the rest of his day except go to the mailbox. It's weird because he, he was supposedly teed up for the Nevada job. I don't know if it just wasn't enough money yeah. or, or what, or it's just too bad a job because Nevada's not, well, a, not a very easy oh job. Oh, no, at all, they were one of the worst teams in division one last season um that was but, the word though was it was there for the taking then it just didn't it, happen and i wonder if there's offset remember when lane was an assistant at alabama and the headline came out all alabama assistance receive raise comma lane kiffin excluded lane passed on it he said no 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 every dollar you pay me usc doesn't he's like i'll take the minimum what's the minimum and so he was taking minimum pay so that usc had to keep pay. He's like i found employment Remember, that was uh, Bielema and Arkansas. I don't even know how they ever worked that out because that was the deal. They were saying that he was taking basically pennies on the dollar yeah. from the Patriots to stick it to Arkansas, and they were mad about it. And so, and they were arguing over several million dollars. Um, Brian Harson, though, he can just check that online balance and, and have a very comfortable life because I lived in Lee County, Alabama, for a few years, several years, as a matter of fact. I'll call it several. Um, it's a wonderful pace of life, cost of living, everything. There's 116 great things about living there. Living in the locales that he had been in previously, folks, Auburn is Times Square. Auburn is downtown San Francisco compared to Idaho. I've been to Idaho. Raise your hand right now if you've ever been to Idaho. I've been to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, it's... Uh, it's idaho close your eyes i've never been i've never been west of arkansas all right close your eyes think of idaho mm, you're right you, you got it brian harson 
You were so bad at Auburn. How do you sleep at night on a bed of money? Jeff Collins, he's already coaching. Mac hired him, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's the DC in North Carolina now. Is that is that right? Is that it not? is okay? Uh, I thought that was Jeff Collins is the DC in North Carolina. He's coaching. He was gonna coach. Nick Saban had him walking around practice, didn't he, for a minute? I think Jeff Collins was in Tuscaloosa for a while. Might have been in Athens. Jeff Collins can coach. That's why it always. And I bought the enthusiasm. Not bought. Like that means it wasn't genuine. I thought that the enthusiasm was going to result in on-field success or be a segment of it. It didn't, and it turned out it was just all fluff and hype, and I go eat at Waffle House, and I can't get enough of it, and I look out my window, and I'm like, I know. I Believe me. I, I, he had a speech. I look out my window, and I, I was like, I know. I Yes, same thing. And it just didn't work. He can coach. Now, if you want to start at ground zero, he can really coach a position group on defense, maybe linebackers. Uh, he can be a defensive coordinator. He'll be a head coach again at some point as well, I believe. It just was colossally bad. So maybe D.C., recruiting coordinator, I don't know. But um, Jeff Collins, because he's so young and he's a good coach, he'll get another shot. Uh, we are going to break and jump back into it next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Thursday on Chuck Oliver Show, and we're rolling through hour two. In a somewhat related matter, I will say, I guess, I'd started the show today with why this matters. Really, really, really good coaches are fleeing college football, at least in greater numbers, than ever before, or at least to, I need an easier day-to-day. And part for some of those guys, it's the NFL, Jim Harbaugh. The NFL had several openings. The NFL at one point this year had, I don't know, seven or eight openings. Antonio Pierce, that got official this week, didn't it? Yeah, Antonio Pierce is the Raiders coach, which the funniest stuff, when the sign stealing and he already had the we broke recruiting rules investigation, all this stuff swirling around the NFL, they may not take him because of the scandal. I was like, do y'all know where Antonio Pierce was? <laughs> I saw him on a sideline Sunday with like the headset on the one where he can go to both channels. Like he's, he's coaching the Raiders folks. He's the Raiders. So anyway, they got their coach, so they're sort of off the board now. And we saw Gerard Mayo. So a lot of teams are getting their coach, including Chargers. You got Jim Arbaugh. Carolina Panthers hired their coach. And for some folks, I don't know, you know, you know Baker Mayfield. You probably don't know the guy who was calling the plays. You might know Geno Smith. You probably don't know who was calling the play. They hired David Canales. Did I get that right? Yep. David Canales is now the Carolina Panthers, which means it's not going to be a college coach. Now, in my snarkiness, and this is not fair, Carolina waited, and when it was official they weren't going to get Harbaugh, then they felt they could move on Canales. Um, I'm not going to say that. They went and got a guy who, I mean, laid hands on Baker Mayfield, and for everything that guy has done over his career, 
he had a fastball this year and he had enough moments and so he's now the head coach which means they won't be coming to college to get whomever and there are a lot of guys in college and we talked about it already in the show uh who are looking to get to sundays and at least in charlotte they won't be doing that yeah out of seattle atlanta and washington the three jobs that are open at this point none of them are believed to be linked to a college head coach at all so it would appear now that doesn't mean there won't be drained to the nfl staffs because that's a whole separate category absolutely for example obviously we talked about chip kelly's name being floated for nfl offensive coordinator jobs joe moorhead from akron is another guy whose name's been floated as someone who might make sense for an oc job so we'll see whether or not there's some college brain drain to the nfl on the staffs but for head coaching roles harbaugh was probably the last guy for this year and, and why not just since we're talking about harbaugh anyway chuck uh so it turns out among the many, many weird qualities this guy has, he's obsessed apparently with P.F. Chang's. He met his wife, Sarah, in the parking lot of a P.F. Chang's in San Diego in 2006 before he got the Stanford jobs. That's where they met. And then when, when the Chargers were pointing out, because there's a famous tweet that the Chargers account sent out by somebody who didn't know they were on the corporate account that sent out a thing saying, quote, so hungry, need to find my wife and head to P.F. Chang's. That was sent out by an NFL team Twitter account in 2007, the Chargers account. Yeah. So they were, like, joking about him and P.F. Chang's and how this is all coming together. Harbaugh's son then chimed in with this. This is James Harbaugh Jr. Quote, he took me to breakfast on my birthday one year at P.F. Chang's. We waited outside until they opened the doors. Chuck, P.F. Chang's not typically known for no, one of the of great thing. breakfast yeah. destinations. So on top of khakis and steak and milk, it turns out Harbaugh is obsessed with P.F. Chang's, too. Go Some figure. cashew lettuce wraps. <laughs> the breakfast of champions, for, apparently. For the Who first knew? meal of the day. Again, that's more of an 11 a.m. thing. Um, I don't know. We're leaving for breakfast, and we're waiting on a love you, Dad. Maybe a McMuffin. Just while we wait, maybe some hash browns. Could, you know, drop me an OJ, something like that, but... He's now doing all that for the L.A. Chargers. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. We had leaks ahead of legitimate television content. That's what it's all about. You got to deliver some content. ACC Network did that yesterday. Schedule release ahead of the week one and the Thursday and the Friday leaks. Want to welcome on right now, man, to talk all of that. From the Ovius and Gilio podcast, Yonder and Raleigh, it is Joe Ovius. Joe, welcome back, friend. How's your Thursday? 
Oh, my Thursday just got even more exciting with the Carolina Panthers finally hiring a coach. I guess they got, I guess they got word that the uh, the prized coaching candidate Ben Johnson is like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going there, guys. So it looks like Dave Canales. You say he knows all about that. He's a, I think he he's 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 a Tampa guy, so he oh, might know more about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Let me ask you then, I'll ask you a quick pro question because it does involve Bryce, and he's a Southern college football legend. Um, what is his opportunity to succeed? Because I don't even, if it was a defensive-minded head coach, I, you could say, well, we have to wait and see who he hires the OC. Um, what is his chance to succeed? Because a whole lot was put into moving up to that pick, and they already weren't very good to begin with. Yeah, that's, that's the thing you have to separate. The, the fact that the Panthers gave up what they gave up to get him put ridiculous expectations on him. Um, had Bryce Young fallen to the Carolina Panthers when they were going to pick, I think it was originally like eight, if I'm not mistaken. Then we're not, we're not having these levels of conversations. You do that because you think he is literally one of one. But I, I, I will say this about Bryce Young. All the knocks that he had about, well, his size, he's going to get hurt. The offensive line, he's going to get killed out there. Go look at all the other quarterbacks this past season and the injury rate. Write down the guys that were com- that he was compared to, like Anthony Richardson. A lot of people considered him the scratch-off ticket. Or even C.J. Stroud, who dealt with concussion issues. Bryce Young was never hurt. I mean, I know he missed a week because of a supposed high ankle sprain, but I'm convinced that that was a shadow benching. I, mean, oh, I don't yeah. think he was hurt. That was a shadow benching. And I think what ended up happening was they fired Frank when they fired Frank Wright and clean house, because if they do think he's, if they're invested in him, well, then they can't have a coaching staff that's going to sabotage it. So uh, Dan Morgan and uh, Dave Canales, it's their task to build something around him. And you've seen it with Miami, again, another college legend, another, another Alabama guy in Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, is Tua the most, you know, talented of the group out there not necessarily but clearly uh he can be a game changer when you put the right pieces around him and i think that's what the panthers are going to be tasked with doing over the next couple of seasons they have a lot of work to do because their draft capital sucks but we'll see if they can fix it through the free agency well daggum and i gotta go ahead and because you mentioned dan morgan another former college football legend for the u and then he played like five years and it was too many concussions he went hard yep. all the time um, but he's now the GM. He got named the GM, like, I don't know, two days, a week ago, something. It's not a usual thing anymore. It used to be for decades that the GM would hire the coach. That's not really the thing everywhere anymore. How did it go in Charlotte? Did they, did they hire Dan Morgan and then immediately Morgan found his coach? Yeah, I mean, I think – and it's funny, Heath and I were actually talking about this before I uh, came on, in that these, these guys have a connection back in Seattle. Um and just like Scott Fitterer came from Seattle, the previous general manager, and that's why Dan Morgan had his connections there. I'll, I'll say this. We, we've kind of seen this in other locations like San Francisco where you have a former player that brings a culture, a straight shooter, if you will, football personified, which is what Dan Morgan is. And, and it's what the Carolina Panthers need. Uh, they goofed around with memes when it was um, – Matt Rule, he was more interested in social media and sloganeering than he was football. Frank Reich was so burnt out, he probably should not have been coaching last year. So I think now uh, David Tepper, the hope is, the owner of the Panthers, has learned enough lessons that he's putting, quote-unquote, actual football people there and getting out of the way and letting this rebuild happen. 
Yeah, Dan Morgan. Um, his wallet says bad MF on it. Um, all right, yeah. Florida State. <laughs> yes, so let's just talk about the wild just, just on field. I look at Florida State's schedule. We're not going to play the win-loss game. Nah, I played the win-loss game. Uh, they play Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Florida. I, I yep. think this is a combination of a comment here, uh, not just on the total schedule, because Notre Dame and Florida aren't really, you know, ACC schools, but it's a comment on the ACC because I look at that schedule, I see a loss somewhere. There's mm-hmm. supposed to be at least landmines on the schedule for a program like Florida State, and I don't even see the landmines on there. Well, that you could say that about NC State's schedule, and you can say that about North Carolina's schedule. As you mentioned, Florida State does play them. Um, I mean, I would also say when, you're, when we're talking about Florida State's schedule and playing the win-loss game, what's it matter? I mean, it really doesn't matter if they win all their games. Now, does it? So, I, I, Florida State, I, I'm, I'm going to be really curious about Florida State's schedule side of how they get up off the mat yep. from what happened last year being snubbed from the college football playoff. I'm, I want to be very crystal clear in how I present this. I do not blame a single Florida State player from saying, screw it, to the Orange Bowl. Okay? Don't blame a single one of them. However... I would have loved it if Mike Norvell was able to rally that group to be like, you got screwed and we're going to make a point. We are absolutely going to put the hammer down on Georgia, the darlings of the SEC, the team that some people say they should have belonged in the college football playoff. We're going to beat them. We're going to make a point, and we're going to claim a national championship. Heck, we'll invite Central Florida to the parade, too. Let's just get all these unbeaten teams together that had a rightful claim. But they didn't. And instead, it was a really ugly show to the point where Kirby Smart rightfully said, hey, man, we got to do something about this. So I'm really curious what kind of hangover effect bleeds into next season. Because if you couldn't get, like, pissed off and want to go win a game to prove a point, then – is that a thing you're going to do this upcoming season? I really don't know the answer to that. So, I don't know. You don't have to swing at every pitch, but I did yesterday. It was very low-hanging. Um, <laughs> I was making fun of the well, Stanford at Syracuse on a Friday night. Cal, Cal at Wake Forest on a Friday night. How are you going to do yeah. that? Um, be honest Nobody because cares. I've been to Georgia Nobody Tech. Cares, man. Yeah, I've been to Georgia Tech games on a Saturday when Pitt or Syracuse has been in. And I'm like, is it going to be any different when Cal or SMU comes in? Tell yeah. me about Carter yeah. Finley. Tell me about Keenan Stadium when a Syracuse comes in versus maybe one of the new far-flung schools because I think when BC shows up in conference, there ain't a whole lot going on anyway. No, no, no. If you're going to bring anybody that's quote-unquote in conference that's going to bring people to the table, it's Notre Dame. The Notre Dame game is always a special game. You're going to get a bunch of people showing up. It still happens for teams like Miami as well. Uh, at Keenan, they really get up for games against the Hurricanes, especially at night. Yeah, um, but bringing but, in these three schools, like it doesn't yeah, solely the yeah, schedules. I mean, people, it, it, it's, it's, it's twofold. It's, it's twofold of what it is. Number one, these are not programs that move the needle in any way, shape, or form. Okay, um, these are These are schools that you would schedule because you need to fill out a Power 5 non-conference slate and they're willing to come to your place. Like, they're actually willing to schedule a home-and-home, right? So there's that right off the bat. Nobody cares about Stanford. Nobody cares about Cal. Certainly nobody cares about SMU. And 
that's going to bleed over into the crowds at places like Keenan, where there's a separate conversation of what's going on at Keenan. And it's just how interested Carolina fans are going to be in another season of Mac Brown without a Heisman hopeful or NFL caliber quarterback. Um, I think NC State fans are going to show up to these games one way or the other, because their schedule is so soft that they have a legitimate chance of making it to the ACC championship game. So that's why state fans are going to be showing up to, uh, to Carter Finley stadium. It's a good environment, good tailgating. And they think that there's a special season coming up. There's hype around NC state, especially with their, uh, with their transfer portal class. So I, I do think it's a little bit different immaterial to who's coming to the building. But I can tell you right now, like four days of ACC kickoff in July, man, I don't even know if I want to go. I used to look forward to ACC kickoff. It was a lot of fun, but now you're telling me you want to do it over four days. Jim Phillips paying for my hotel. It's two ninety three a night at the Westin in Charlotte, man. I got to tell you, that. I'm not doing that for Stanford. The the food and beverage is out of this world, though. Oh, I do love yeah, it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a point. Wrapping up, Joe Obius. Um, you mentioned Mac there, and Mac seventy two, I think. And I was listening to Nick Saban a couple weeks back, and every word that came tumbling out his mouth about, quote, when you're 72, it's a lot harder to keep the hours and do a good job. Um, I don't know. Does does Mac shotgun Red Bull? Like, is there a secret? Is there something that Mac is doing? Because everything that Saban said about him, it's true about Mac Brown, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um with what keeps Mac going is stubbornness. You know, it's, it's stubbornness. I mean, the same thing played out at Texas where it was time for him to go at Texas, but he didn't want to go, you know? Um, and I think the same things happened at UNC and he can get Jeff Collins to be his new defensive coordinator. Okay. You know, is you, you might be able to get five and four star recruits, but what's the depth? How are you developing those types of things. Max is stubborn, man. There's a generation of coaches that uh, are afraid of what's going to happen when they hang it up. Nick it looks like he has a future ahead of him doing things like college game day and media stuff and everything else. Mac, well, I mean, what's what's his life after this? Being a being a big boost, like the head of the booster club for UNC. I mean, I don't know. Is that going to motivate him? I don't know. All I know is that. It can. It has the potential to get really ugly in Chapel Hill if they don't get off to a hot start. That JMU game. I know they got a new coach. I know they got some players that they lost in the trophy uh, in the in the portal. But if they lose that JMU game, psh, forget it, man. It's going to be a ghost town in Keenan. Last thing for you. Um, how is the Wake Forest administration head coach relationship? Does he does Clawson, Does he have to really win, or are both sides kind of happy with this? I think both sides understand that the game has finally changed and they're finally getting up with those changes. You know, I, I, I spent a, a lot of time talking to Steve Forbes, the Wake Forest basketball coach. And with basketball, NIL is the game. But there was a reluctance to adopt NIL because there was a reluctance from Dave Clawson from fully going into that. But because they've been decimated in the portal as oh, of yeah. late, Things have fight like the light bulb's gone on, and I think now Clawson understands if he wants to keep this thing going, he has to evolve. So I think they're simpatico in that regard. Now it's just a matter of whether or not Dave Clawson has it in him to identify guys in the portal that can help immediately. Um, he's a developer. Can you find a guy? You know, can can you adopt a guy from the portal? 
and insert him now, that sort of thing. That's that that's what remains to be seen from Dave Clawson. Oh, He's a smart guy, yeah. though. I, I believe in him. Absolutely. He's been a plant it, water it, little fertilizer, give it sun, and then, hey, look, we got a ball player. Um, Pretty much. And this is a little different era now. Hey, brother, I appreciate the insight. It's always good stuff, man. Thank you. Bye, man. Take it easy. Joe Elias doing it big. Henry Riley. Yeah, if you didn't see the uh, – we talked about this yesterday, but it did come out. And nothing better. You know, there's nothing better. Anytime a conference releases their schedule, their entire season schedule, nothing better than the helmet schedule. It is so much easier to pick out the games than just a flood of words. Uh, but the helmet, or I guess in sometimes it's the logo schedule, but the helmet schedule – um, and so I've got my ACC now, and it just is so much easier to see how Florida State will lose. I can't even tell you for sure what the roster is going to, like the specifics of it, but I know what it will look like because of name, image, likeness. It won't be Keon Coleman. It'll be whoever Keon Coleman is after spring practice. Keon Coleman, after spring, is like, yeah, Michigan State not working for me. Florida State's like, we'll take you. So there's going to be another kid. And so whoever it is, and I don't know, it's it's the kid at Arizona or Texas Tech or Wisconsin or at one of 50 other places. He'll be the kid. So they'll they'll figure that part out, the specifics, and they'll somehow make it work with brand new receivers. So Florida State, you look at the schedule, and there are some brand names on here, but the big problem for the ACC is all these brand names – and I'll even include Notre Dame in there as sort of a pseudo. There might be a loss. Might not. Might be. Just just look at that schedule, though, Chuck. I mean, you've been around a bunch. Did you ever go to SMU Stadium? Is that a place you've been to? Uh, don't tell me this. Is that Eamon G. Carter or Gerald Ford? I think it's Gerald Ford Stadium. That yeah. is correct, and that's not the Gerald Ford that served as no, the president. No, no, Different no. Gerald Ford, but yeah. yes, Gerald Ford Stadium. Eamon Carter is TCU, I guess. Correct. And I have not been to SMU Stadium for a game, but I have been on their campus and, and been there nice crib. in that environment. Yeah, it's it's a nice enough place. They've got, uh, I believe it's, uh, yeah, it's W's Museum is there on the campus of SMU, and it's, it's not far from there to the stadium. And, uh, again, very pleasant campus. Chuck, just the idea that FSU is going to come to that place and play a football game. Forget that it's a conference game. Even if they'd somehow done this in non-conference, it would have been weird enough. The idea that that SMU on the last weekend of September will host a conference game in that facility with FSU, uh, you can tell me all you want. My brain will not process it. I don't care how many times you tell me. It just does not compute. Do you remember, it might have been now, like four or five years ago, it turned into like an annual thing. You would look at the Miami Hurricanes schedule and go, they're in Boone, North Carolina? Like Mississippi State, wait wait a minute, they're in Mobile, the place? Uh Huh? Like there are times it just doesn't make sense. But the problem is that's usually a one-off or you'll play at our place twice and we'll throw you a bone and one on yours. No, this is an annual occurring thing now because it's a conference game. I mean, I just, I can't, it's going to be bizarre. And, and, and look, uh, I, I haven't been to a game day. Maybe SMU and FSU fans have more in common than you think. But SMU is known as a, a very nice private school with a certain kind of higher class type of person that 
comes to their games and oh Southern Methodist yeah oh they're snooty they're yeah. upper class they're, they're they're very much a ritzy crowd this oh is, they're better this than is, us this is the uh, this is the Caddyshack Caddy Pool Day vibe you got you got Pool Day going on Caddy Day at Bushwood the caddies are coming except for the caddies are way better than the people who are trying to play the main course all right we'll take a break we'll wrap up on this Thursday next. the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show if it's not going to be shown more man it better be a grand slam choice like the other guys i'd say the only other guy i would think of and say okay that guy's pretty remarkable head coach, but he has no ties to Michigan, is Lance Leipold at Kansas. Like, I think he's done an amazing job at a place nobody wins at. Andrew Feldman. He's the athletic and who, Fox? Yeah, Fox. Uh, Bruce Feldman talking about Sean Moore being the next coach at Michigan as a likelihood, and if it's not, boy, it better be a huge name. And here is the truth. Not only I think it's going to be strong. It's like I never got antsy about my guy. Like, where Bill Belichick? Is he going? Is anybody interested? No, that's a story. And so you kind of follow that. What's going on with Bill Belichick? I always knew what was going on with Jim Harbaugh. He was leaving. I just didn't know when. Didn't know to who. We The Chargers made the most sense, but you didn't know. It's Harbaugh. I think it'll be Sean Moore. Until it's someone else, I'm not going to have any hand-wringing about it. It, do you realize how right it is? And I don't want to say easy, but how easy it is to promote Sharon Moore? Do you know how possible it is to get it wrong no matter what you do, but especially if you go outside the program and upset everything? Holy smokes. It, it would be like when you brought in Rich Rodriguez and the first thing he did was look at an NFL quarterback and go, yeah, I can't use you. What's up, Heath? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do, but it's impossible to imagine that there is a better, more obvious choice oh, no. than Moore right now. No. And, and then, look, if it doesn't work out, you're two from that. Now you can initiate a move. So be it, and you did the right thing. Yeah, under different circumstances. I saw a question I thought was interesting, Chuck. I'll put it to you. Uh, the question came from Jason Fitz, who is uh, bounced around, did ESPN Radio for a while. Now he's doing stuff for Yahoo. And he said, uh, with Saban and Harbaugh out, who's the face of college football? Who's the polarizing good or bad guy that absolutely everyone will watch because at the end of the day they care, good or bad? Look at college basketball. Legendary names aren't easy to replace for a sport. And the one guy that I think polarizes people more than anybody, Chuck, is Dabo. But I'm not sure that Dabo is the face of college football. Kirby Smart is the current most successful coach still around in college football. But I'm not sure that Kirby has the persona to be a guy who wants to be the face of college football. I think even even people who want to beat Kirby, I don't think they have a strong, visceral, anti-Kirby reaction. He seems like a nice enough guy, and he doesn't. You know, Saban came out with a book two decades ago called How Good Do You Want to Be? Saban positioned himself as as more than a coach. Kirby Smart is perfectly happy to just be a great football coach. So I don't know 
to if there's a, a clear answer here yeah you know, i've always heard to be a leader it, you know leadership can't come from the bench you got to be a starter and a player to be a leader um I don't know. Polarizing has a seven and five coach ever been polarizing? Don't you have to be one of the top notch guys that people are looking at anyway? Well, there's a four and eight coach that was polarizing this year in Dion, but again, I don't know that that fits the description. But it here didn't either. hold. It, yeah, it didn't hold. Um, in fact, I don't know. Now you look at what did Sports Illustrated said he was Sports Person of the Year somehow? That's correct. <laughs> Like, even if we looked at that with curiosity going, were you the last people to stop paying attention? Publishing deadlines were really early for that issue, Chuck. So, yeah, you may be missing out there. Wraps it up on a Thursday. David on the ones and twos, spinning gold. Heath, Rolodex to the stars. All the guests, everybody listening, thank you all so much. 22 hours from now. All of us will be right back here doing the exact same thing, talking college football, because we love that game here on Chuck Oliver Show. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.